What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a very special edition of Kicks and Picks podcast. Happy to have you with us. You got Scotty and Nick here. We are going to break down how correct we were about the transfer window from our last episode, give you guys the latest transfer talk with our buy or sell segment, our fake news of the week, and we are going to wrap up what was a, I can only speak for myself, a disastrous fucking Nations League. Uh, we'll get we'll get Scotty's thoughts and kind of put a bow on that competition as we head into the offseason. Scotty, what's going on, man? Yeah, not much. Uh, enjoying all of the content coming through the Liverpool social channels as we've completed our transfer of Darwin Nunez. Transfer so, season is on. Love it. Window has been open, I think, for maybe four days, something something short like that. So it's, it's already in, in a fast and furious mode, but it's been good for Liverpool. I think they've just about wrapped up their window blue. Now they've got one, two guys in between uh, Carvalho and then Nunez. And then they think they're picking up this third and this Calvin Ramsey guy from uh, the Scottish league. And I think that'll be it. I don't think there's anybody else coming in. So um, nice, nice rapid start. And now we can just, kind of who do you think will be going out? We spoke about it a little bit last time, but there's, I mean, you know, we nailed Mane, right? That was, he actually wound yep. up getting more money than we talked about. I think we both oh, yeah. bought that one. Um, you know, Nunez, obviously, Poole swooped in and made that official pretty quickly. Um, but who, who's making the room for these guys? Yeah, I think you'll see Oxlade Chamberlain move on. I mean, he's been kind of just hanging out for the past season and a half. Obviously, injuries have derailed his Liverpool career quite a bit. Uh, we already know that Origi's on his way to Milan. going to be a 20-goal yep. scorer in Serie A. Said that a couple podcasts ago. I stand no, by that's that. a, a good move for them. Free. Yep. Uh, Minamino. Probably going to be on his way out. I think we talked about that a little bit last week. Probably either to like a mid-level Premier League team or maybe into the French French League. They're saying Monaco is looking at him, which is an odd one. But uh, that's probably going to be, you know, 15, 15-ish million. Um, and then some of the younger guys. So Nico Williams was on loan last year um, at Fulham. I think he's going to make his permanent move back up right back because he's going to have a slot. They'll probably get a few for him. Um, I'm hoping uh, – they also move on my boy, Nat Phillips, uh, who was a stud for them two years ago when they're in their center back, deep, you know, injury crisis. But I don't think he's uh, going to be a regular starter for Liverpool anytime soon. I think he's in his mid twenties now too. So probably time yeah. for him to move on. Uh, and then who knows? I mean, uh, I hope they extend Naby Keita. Uh, I think he's been a pretty decent midfielder for them when healthy. Uh, if they don't extend him, then maybe they sell him. But gotcha. that would require them getting another midfielder in. I don't think they want to do any more business this window. So makes sense to me. And with that, I think it's time to, to segue into this week's transfer rumors. I mean, it's going to be a tough bar for us to, to keep up since I think we I think we nailed four out of the five last week. Um, yeah, we did. So we got another another five rumors up for you guys this week. Uh, kicking things off, uh, we were just talking about Minamino going to Leeds. And why that might make sense is because this fella, Rafinha, is rumored to be on his way out. Uh, Rafinha, I think probably their best player last season, uh, potentially making a big move to either Arsenal or Tottenham or potentially Barcelona, which I don't, I've removed from this list because they're focusing on Lewandowski and I don't know how much money they actually have to spend. But the rumor fee is nothing, nothing to laugh at. It's uh, 55 million pounds, uh, quite a bit of money considering everyone was just kind of making comments about how much Liverpool spent on Nunez. And I think, you know, Holland, even though he has a, a whole package, his official fee was something around 60 million pounds for the release clause, but 55 million pounds, Rafinha to either Arsenal or Tottenham. Nick, are you buying this or are you selling this? 
So I was going to sell it because I hadn't really heard anything, but as you were talking through it, I kind of want to buy it. It makes sense. It's one of those things. So we saw a meme earlier this week that I think the three of us laughed at um, where it was like the valuations of a player based on where he's from. Right. And the, the mm-hmm. English players are the highest valued. It was Declan Five. Rice was the example. Declan, Declan Rice versus Declan Risotto. And then it was like <laughs> Declan Aronzinho if he was yeah. Brazilian. Right. Yeah. And, and this, they're the second tier. Um, and Rafinha had a, awesome fucking year man he was balling for leads i i mean i could totally see him staying and being the star of that team but 55 million sounds kind of cheap i think he's young right early 20s yep, he's young national team arsenal he's almost like the 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 other side of um martinelli right like the, yep. i could see those two dudes kind of tearing up the wings for five or six years to come so just from Hearing it out loud, talking about it myself, I think I'm going to buy this one. So you're going to buy it to Arsenal or to Tottenham? You had to pick I'm one. I'm buying him just moving for, for around 55, 60 million. Okay. So you're not going to give us a, a full forecast yet? I, I can't fully commit to buying Arsenal just because you saying it out loud is the first time I heard it. Okay. All right. Well, I can see Rafinha moving on, if, especially if they're you know already having somebody potentially lined up to, to bring him in uh, to replace him. I can see why they'd want to cash in. Obviously, when you're escaping a relegation battle like they did, uh, there's lots of holes to fill. And as we know from the hashtag easy overs movement that Leeds started, they have the ability to score goals, but also the ability to give up lots of goals. So selling probably your biggest asset in, in the goal scoring realm to potentially bring in two or three guys that can help shore up your defensive side or even the midfield makes a lot of sense. Arsenal or Tottenham, uh, I think the reason why Arsenal makes sense right now is they're not sure if they're going to be able to keep Saka. Um, Saka is young, and same with Eddie Taita, uh, who I think will probably resign. Um, but Saka seems like he might be moving out, in which case they'll need somebody to put on that right side, like you said, across from Martinelli. So that kind of makes sense. My only hesitation there is if I'm Rafinha and I'm making a 55 million pound move, I might be looking to go someplace that has champions league football yeah that's possible uh, which is where tottenham comes in and we know tottenham the conte project where does he fit in that in that attacking midfield though there's only so much space and well, i don't i'm gonna hit you mr anti-433 i'm gonna hit you with something go uh why would you not consider with kane getting to age 30 maybe you consider moving to a 4-2-3-1 where you have either kane or son in the nine or ten and then you can play Kulisevsky and Rafinha off the wings. I mean, Conte definitely could switch formations. Um, he's not stubborn. I mean, he's stubborn, but he's not in that way. I think he's going to put his team in the best position to succeed. Uh, if you're telling me that that's happening, it makes a whole lot more sense. I mean, it makes sense maybe from the standpoint that teams can be playing Champions League football. They're going to be in all the cups, right? Um, and, and we saw what fatigue did to teams like Liverpool this year. So, uh, you know, is he a guy that maybe starts 25 games out of 40? Um, maybe. I just don't know that you pay $60 million for that. But, okay, I, I can buy it. I, I'm, I'm definitely buying that he's moving just based on what we're saying. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to sell this one for now. And I'm going to get okay. to it. Why? Because we have – Four other rumors plus a bonus rumor uh, that we'll get to that might explain it. Um, I'll right. give you a hint. Arsenal is a, a common theme in this this list today. So I'm going to sell it for now. 
I think Leeds are going to want to do everything they can to hold on to him. I think Jesse Marsh is going to try to convince Rafinha that his project is worth staying on for. But if he stays on for another year or two, maybe he can move on to a bigger club, uh, somebody that's you know not just in the Champions League, but is a consistent front runner in the Champions League. Fair Moving enough. on, we go from one winger to another. Um, <laughs> this one is a, a personal favorite of ours, Raheem Sterling of Manchester City potentially moving to either Real Madrid or Chelsea for a rumored 60 million pounds. That is a hefty figure for somebody who has no shortage of uh, meme videos about his horrendous misses and potential tap-ins going awry uh, all over the internet. And I think he only has yeah, one year he, on left he, of his contract. I don't think he's got he a long contract. He us many a bet this season. Uh, I think we were banking on City for some goals a number of occasions. Sterling has been often the culprit. I'm definitely selling this one. I, I think um, I, you know, I just don't see where he fits on either team. I, I think Chelsea has better players at the position currently, provided that they keep everybody. Real coming off of their double, um, you know, certainly uh, Rodrigo and um, Vinicius have been unreal. They've taken steps forward. So where does Sterling fit in? I mean, are, are you looking maybe for a little bit of a backup to Benzema just because he's another year older? kind of, but it just doesn't seem like the player they'd go for. So I'm selling this rumor. Yeah. Not only do both of these teams have better players on the wings, they also have better younger players. Um, I think people forget that Raheem Sterling is actually going to be turning 28 this year. Um, I know he's always thought of as this young guy, obviously come up through the Liverpool system, no, he's been made around, that big man. move, but he's 28. Um, definitely moving towards the end of his peak uh, for a winger. So not exactly the right time to be buying. Raheem Sterling for 60 million pounds. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to sell this one. The only way that this makes sense to me is if Chelsea with the new ownership just had to clean house a little bit. Uh, we know that they're looking at moving Lukaku if, if Inter is willing to pay up a nice loan fee. Um, I don't know what they do with Timo Werner. I think Werner wants out, but you know they'll be desperate to keep him. So if they lose a few guys in the attack, maybe they look for uh, some, some fresh faces to bring in. Did he make that move though? Do they sell him to a rival? I don't think City views Chelsea as a rival, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, no, no offense to Chelsea, but um, yeah, I don't think City would mind too much, uh, especially because he's not like this stud 20 goal, you know, scoring guy. Um, I think City can do without him. So now if we want to talk about 20 goal scoring guys, let's look no further than your guy, Victor Osiman, um, potentially making a move to the Premier League to either our favorite Manchester United or from the first rumor, Arsenal. Um, this fee is eye-watering. Supposedly 85 million pounds is what it's going to take. I think you'll might back that up because you're going to be pretty high on him, but that's a monster fee for any club, even Manchester United to be paying for, for a, a new forward. Yeah. And I'm going to listen, I'll buy the fact that, um, you know, he's probably more valuable at this point than Rafinha or Sterling. We just talked about two fees at 55 and 60 million. I, do I think he's proven? Yes. Uh, is he a phenomenal forward? Yes. So I'll buy the valuation. I'm going to sell that he's moving from Napoli. And you know what? The, look, their owner, De Laurentiis, is notoriously cheap, but they are losing Insigne this year uh, to the MLS. They are losing Dries Mertens, who has been pretty much their center forward for the past five or six years. Um, 
you know, Chucky Lozano hasn't been that good over there from the, the Mexican national team. I forgot what he was playing in Spain before then or Germany or somewhere. Um, you know, he, he hasn't really settled in Politano. Uh, everybody that follows me on Twitter knows that I'm not a fan of that guy. So I, I just don't see them selling him because they won't be able to replace him. He was top five scorer this year. And that's despite the fact that he was injured for a good portion of it. Um, you know, 85 million or not, I just don't see Napoli moving on there. They just don't have a replacement for him. So I am selling this one. Yeah. I get why you're saying you sell them. Although for all those reasons, you just listed out. I think you listed enough reasons where it almost sounds like it's a rebuild and what better way to rebuild than with a fat transfer deposit of 85 million pounds into your bank account. Um, I think the reason I'm going to sell to Arsenal, Arsenal are not going to shell out 85 million pounds for another no player. I mean, they just had a, a disaster with Pepe. They still <clears> haven't <throat> been able to get much out of him. And he think he was around 80 million pounds. I don't think they're going to go again. Uh, Manchester United. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to buy this a little bit. Um, here's why I buy Manchester United. Add to cart. Yeah, they, they obviously just missed out on Nunez. Um, Nunez seemed to be their top target, and they were willing to pay up to 80 million pounds for him. Um, that interest seems now valid uh, after the Liverpool you know, came in and, and picked him up. There was a lot of confirmations that he was their top transfer target. So we know they're looking for somebody in that mold to kind of come in and be the guy, which I think is good news for United fans because that means you're probably not going to be relying on a 37-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo to score right. 25 goals this season. Um, so I do kind of buy that. Um, don't forget the Napoli made champions league. They, they, you know, you can't lose three forwards. It's just, you can't, you you can lose three forwards. If you have enough money to buy three new forwards, which I'm going to segue. If you gave me that in my apologies, seconds, I I would have segued into it, but I got excited. Go ahead. If United write the check, which we know they can and might consider doing, uh, we know there's other bigger targets that they're looking at, which again, another great segue for, uh, one of the rumors in this list, uh, then it might make sense if they miss out on all these other targets and they still have this fat check that they're looking to write that they can come into Napoli and basically tell Napoli, all right, name your price. We need him. And I think Napoli, if they've done their due diligence, they might have some names lined up to kind of alleviate uh, losing those three attacking players. Um, You know, you can say it's bad to lose three players and have to replace them with three new ones. Uh, It's tough losing two players and not having the funds to replace them at all and you just mentioned their owner pretty cheap guy so yep. um yep. need sometimes you need money in to to reshape the full full lineup fair enough i'm, I'm definitely interested to see where this goes but yeah and th- one of those guys that they could potentially be splashing some cash on uh our fourth rumor of the week geo simeone uh rumored to not napoli but potentially juventus or Arsenal, uh, our Arsenal, favorite again, again. Common theme a lot of Arsenal, rumors looking for attack. newspapers in London are busy. Yeah. Um, for a, what I think is, I mean, you can let me know what your thought of, thoughts are a, a modest fee of just 20 million euros. So maybe like 16 million pounds, uh, not a lot at all. Uh, that's basically the same cost of what Liverpool are looking to move on Minamino for. I know you and coach are pretty high on, on Gio Simeone. Yeah. What do you think? Are you buying this? Or are you selling this? I'm selling. Uh, I'm buying the fact that he's moving. He's been rumored for some time now, and it's not just these two teams. I'm absolutely selling the fact that it will be as low as 20 million euros. I think that's quite honestly a criminal valuation. This is a guy that scored in double digits every year uh, that he's been in Italy. He was, I believe, again, top five this year um, in the scoring race or very close to it. Um, 
No, there's no, there's no way that he goes for 20 million. I think, you know, the, the team is Hellas Verona. They're a mid table team, probably bottom half uh, of that mid table. Uh, they do have a new coach. They played pretty well this year. They were frequently on our bet slips and uh, some of our best bets this year. Simeone has been the guy. So I can't see him going for any less than 30 or 40. Um, you know, it, it just, it can't happen for that cheap. It would be an absolute steal. And this is the one chance Verona has to really cash in on a guy like this. They can't let him go for that little. Yeah, I'm with you. I buy that he's leaving. I don't buy Juventus or Arsenal. I don't buy Juventus because I think Juventus end up with Dybala. And I don't think you need to have both of these guys. Uh, Arsenal, again, it seems like there's probably other names on their list that they might be going for. Although the cheaper valuation may appeal to them, appeal to the Cronkies. Um but if we're going to go back to Napoli for a second, if you will entertain me, as I mentioned, that fee for Oshiman was 85 million pounds. You just said you think he goes for 30 to 40. Let's say Napoli splashed 30 million pounds on Simeone. That leaves them with another 55 million that they can split up for another two positions. So maybe grab another 30 million pound striker and then go scrounge through, you know, Bundesliga lower teams or, or the League One lower teams, <clears throat> take a flyer on a third. That's a pretty much a, a fully reshaped front three, considering you're losing two anyways for that 85, 85 million pound transfer fee. I mean, now, now you're just making too much sense. That <laughs> makes too much sense to happen, which is I could why be I'm writing these rumors happens. for the newspapers. newspapers. You could be writing these rumors or you can just get in there as a sporting director and make that move because just, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty solid move, but no, I agree. There's no shot. He goes to Juve. Juve actually is going to lose Dybala. The rumor is he's going to enter. Oh, sorry. Excuse um, me. Yeah. No, but, you know, they just brought in Vlahovic, right? Chiesa is coming off an injury. He wants to be ready close to the start of the season. Will he, won't he? I don't know. Um, but they're losing Dybala. They're losing Morata. He's going back to Spain. They didn't exercise his oh, option. That's um, a big loss. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, I think they'll probably lose Keane unless they bring him back on a loan. I don't really know the situation there. He didn't have that good of a year in the limited time that he had. Um, so do they potentially need another forward? Yes. Would they love to spend 20 million euros or pounds or whatever on somebody? Yes. I just can't see um, Ferrona letting him go that cheap. So I have to sell it to UVA right now. I'm selling this overall. It's just, um, I don't think he goes to either of these two teams. I think Napoli makes more sense from what you said. I know, um, you know, a couple of other mid-table sides in, in both leagues were rumored, but it's got to be higher than 20 million. All right. And then moving into our last rumor of the week, I think this is the big one. I think this is one that has been a, a big, pretty big focus, especially in the English press for the last week or two. It's Frankie de Jong moving to Manchester United for 70 million pounds. Uh, another big figure, um, but we know Barcelona in need of money. Yep. Um, looking to sign some, some more forwards for whatever reason, because they already have eight or nine of them that don't really play as it is. United obviously in need of a, a midfield shakeup with Pogba leaving uh, and not really having a strong midfield even with Pogba there. What do you think? Are you buying this? Are you selling this? Yeah, I'll buy this one. I don't think he's uh, – listen, I don't follow the kid. I just remember him and, and DeLick came around the same time. They were the two biggest – fucking thing since sliced bread. I don't think either of them are anything spectacular. Um, you know, I think the hype was a little bit overrated, whatever that's bound to happen. And it's not necessarily their fault. However, he definitely needs to move on from Barcelona uh, for multiple reasons, right? Number one, to kickstart that career and get it back on track. And not that he was terrible, but um, you know, he reminds me of almost like Pogba United, right? It was like a, it didn't work out. Right. Yep. Um, 
and, and you're right, they need money. So this is the one I'm buying. Uh, of all the rumors, this is the one where I'm putting my chips in, on the table. Yeah, and I'll add one reason for why it makes more sense. Obviously, there's a Dutch connection between Tenog coming in from Manchester United, former manager of Frankie de Jong at, at Ajax. Obviously, there's there phone go. calls going on. So I think this one makes sense. Uh, again, we know United has the money to spend because they're in on Nunez for 80 million pounds. Uh, they need midfield help in the worst way. I'll be honest. I thought they were going to be heavy in the uh, sweepstakes for Declan Rice. It doesn't seem like anybody's really moving on Declan Rice right now. Um, so there's a lot of memes about Declan Rice being sold for 100 million pounds, but not a whole lot of movement on that. Um, no shot. Other rumors that did not get added in here. Uh, we have, well, this is not a rumor. It's confirmed. Uh, Basuma is now moving over to uh, Tottenham Hotspurs. So Tottenham pick up another midfielder, assuming he doesn't go to jail. Um, obviously he has uh, some, some charges against him. And so his freedom is, is should not be taken lightly. Um, but Calvin Phillips also potentially making the big move over to Manchester city. Um, not sure how much, you know, legs that one has, but yeah. lots of midfielders moving around. None of them named rice right now. And if you think both, if you take, you know, United out with Frankie de Jong of the sweepstakes for Declan Rice. If you take Manchester City out of the, the sweepstakes because they're bringing in Calvin yep. Phillips and then you Tottenham's obviously out. Tottenham's out. That doesn't leave a whole lot of clubs. I mean, he's already at West Ham. You know, there's nothing really wrong with West Ham where they were. They had a pretty good run last year. Uh, I don't think Arsenal are splashing the cash for him. And I, I certainly don't. Well, Maybe he'll go to Chelsea. Say, well, I think he wants to stay in England. Maybe Chelsea pulls something out, but uh he could be staying at, at West Ham for another season, which I don't think is the worst move in the world for him. But uh, United certainly have the cash, certainly have the need. I think this gets done. Uh, but if not, if, if Barcelona pull it for whatever reason, then I think you can revisit that uh, Victor Osimhen rumor to, to Manchester United because they'll just be looking to splash money on somebody. Fair enough. It'll be definitely interesting to see how it shakes out over the next couple of weeks. So we will absolutely keep you guys up to date. Uh, hope to keep our, our hot streak of buying and selling going. And to wrap up what we're doing with the transfer window uh, for this episode, we want to hit you with our fake news of the week, the very worst transfer rumor that we've heard. Scotty, what's your fake news? Yeah, mine is, it's actually coming from a, a, a pretty reliable source in an Ornstein from The Athletic. Uh, he wrote an article this week that talks about Everton potentially moving with Charleston. And specifically moving with Charleston to either Chelsea or Tottenham for 60 million pounds. Uh, Ornstein, normally a pretty good source, but this rumor just is, is shocking to me for a number of reasons, uh, the least of which is the fee, right? 60 million pounds for Richarlson is not great. I think there was some stat to try to back that up where he had like the fewest key passes or, or fewest you know, key passes played into him. Um, How many goals did he have this year? Two? Yeah, he had like, I think he had 10 goals. Um, no way. Yep. I mean, he carried Everton out of the, the relegation zone, but uh, he's looking to move on to bigger and better things. Doesn't want to be fighting relegation battles anymore. I can't blame him, but I, Tottenham are not spending 60 million pounds on a, a forward right now, un, unless, you know, he's the, the next Holland, basically. Like, it yeah. just that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, we talked about the Rafinha rumor. I, I don't think that really makes sense. For Charleston, makes even less sense. Uh, and then Chelsea, I know they've got the cash, and I know they're they're potentially moving away from Lukaku, but again, they've got better younger the players. Yeah, yeah like no, it's not. No it doesn't make sense. So, again, the source is good, but the rumor itself is just it's so ridiculous that 
I don't, I don't buy it. So that's my fake news of the week. It'll be egg on my face if he moves to either of those clubs in the next week or so. So we can revisit this time next week, Nick. No chance. I'm, I'm with you on the fake news. Uh, we, for mine, it was from actually uh, Gazzetto della Sport in Italy, the one of the top papers, although they've been known for some horse shit lately as well. Um, it is the coach, Max Allegri, of Juventus banned from the Betslip fame. Talking about him going to PSG. And not only are they talking about him going to PSG, they're talking about it for $12 million a season. And that couldn't make any less sense because he is the antithesis of everything PSG is trying to build. Uh, you know, five of the most attack-minded players on earth, some of the greatest young talent on earth, and you're going to bring in the guy whose tactics are stuck in 1992. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, I don't think there's any legs to it, but it was put into print, so it would be a disservice if I didn't bring it up. That is the bullshit fake news of the week, possibly of the transfer season, because there is no shot that PSG would bring in Allegri. Yeah, if you're wondering where Coach Steve is on this week's episode, it's because he saw this rumor and he had a mild heart attack because it's just that ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, it's weird because Mbappe is supposedly like some sort of pseudo director of football for PSG, or at least has say over the manager hirings and player signings. And I can't believe that Mbappe would be anywhere interested in having Allegri come on board. So No shot. Absolutely uh, no shot. Yeah, I'm pretty, start a rumor. This is what we do. We're going to get oh, a yeah. source, and we're, we're going to start a rumor about Mourinho leaving. Just Let's so Coach Steve like flips his shit and it's hysterical because he, this is a guy who went from, you know, hating Mourinho his entire life to, you know, nine short months in Rome. And now this guy is the greatest thing since sliced bread. So let, let's scare a couple of Roma fans and start is this, a rumor. Is, is this the part of the podcast where we can make fun of Coach and his team without him realizing it? Because I don't think Coach realizes that everywhere Mourinho goes, he has success the first season. The second season, it's also pretty good. And then towards the end of the second season starts cracks start to form and, and then the third to, season yep. is when everything falls apart and the wheels fall off and it becomes an embarrassing shit show. And you have the incredible post-match conferences where he's yeah. just and listen, very short. I, I won't knock the fact that they won a trophy. That's, you know, listen, it's a good accomplishment, but they, they finished sixth in a league that, you know, the top teams were looking as terrible as they have for as long as I can remember. So, um, Let's see. I mean, see what he does next year. If he doesn't make Champions League, man, forget about it. Yeah, and let's also not discount the fact that the trophy they won, they had to slug it out against Bodo Glint. Um, That's true. Barely sneak by in, in the knockout rounds to, to win that trophy. So Very true. Consider the talent and the, the pool that they were in. Um, all right, moving on from the shit on Coach Steve and Roma segment, let's uh, let's kick it back into uh, around the Nations League. So <sighs> first four matches of Nations League are unfortunately over, which means we are going to be back into a boring period without any sort of real first team football. Uh, but we do have a lot of results to talk about. We have a lot of bets to lament. And Nick, I think we got to start with your team. Italy stinks. Yeah, terrible. I mean, that's not news. They missed the World Cup. <laughs> uh, this is just, you know. This is further, further proof of that. And, um, you know, their, their struggles up front are nothing new. Uh, my boy Chiro Mobile gets a lot of the fucking shit because he oh, wasn't yeah. scoring. But guess what? In the fucking 10 games or so that he hasn't played since, they have a, nearly zero goals from forward. So yeah. um, you, this is why – it's part of the big reason why I hate the 4-3-3. I don't think it works at the international level. But it certainly isn't working for Italy. They're getting exposed uh, game in, game out. And 
Um, I think we saw that on defense. You know, they, they got a guy, Bastoni, who's awesome for Inter. He's got to be a little bit exhausted. He looked a little disinterested. He made some uncharacteristic mistakes this last game. Uh, I know you want to talk about how the fact that Germany just did a drive-by rape <laughs> yes. on them. Yes, I do. Um, and he doesn't have a partner. We got Chiellini, who's retired. Bonucci should retire if he hasn't already from the national team. And uh, they have nobody to slot in alongside of him. Uh, a Cherby from Lazio is not the answer. Mancini from Roma is not the answer. Um, there was a couple of other fringe players that got their chance, but you know, Italy has decent players along the back four, but they're not a cohesive unit. That's something we haven't seen before. Right. So even the games they weren't winning, they weren't giving up two, three goals. Germany could have scored 12. So let's just be completely fucking honest. They got bailed out a couple of times by an offside here or whatever there. Donnarumma made some good saves, even though he made about three or four mistakes with the ball. It could have been way worse, and they just need an absolute complete reset. My only hope is that this was kind of used to test out which players potentially have a future versus which should never be called up again. I'm sorry I could do another half hour in Italy. Um, the, the, the silver lining here is that England is also fucking trash. France is also trash. Spain didn't look good. Yeah. It's the end of Croatia. I think we talked about them last time. I'm sorry, though. You can uh, you can – you your thoughts now. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll, I'll let you I'll let you go, but I mean, the silver lining is that Italy stinks, but somehow France and especially England stink worse. So Italy not yes. at the bottom of their table against all odds. They they did manage to win against Hungary in their first match, and we're gonna talk about Hungary next. But they end up third in their their table. I think the Germany match more so than anything is gonna leave a bad taste in their mouth. I mean, it was an absolute. I mean, you draw that game, you're top of the table. Yeah, just an absolute dog walking. Germany just kind of random you know flat um and yeah i think italy has a lot to figure out but the good news is they don't really have much to play for in the next year and a half so they got time to figure it out um that's like the that's the real silver lining yeah no you're not gonna really have to you're not under the meet the uh uh i'm not under any pressure right now um but yeah france and england england looking especially bad um i think they had what one point the whole the whole tournament yeah the draw against italy that's yeah. zero, zero they're sorry draw. no they got two points oh, All right. two, so points. They got two they points they drew okay. they yep. got the undeserved draw against germany yep that, was... that bailout pk yep yep i do remember that now so they do get two points so lucky good for them but they looked absolutely terrible um i think southgate we talked about in the group chat he looked like he was close to being fired prior to their miraculous run in the euros last year i think that's kind of bought him another year or two but um I don't know if he makes it past the World Cup unless he has a really great showing in the World Cup, and I, I don't really definitely. Buy that. Um, definitely, they also have a lot of talent. I mean, the, this England squad is not lacking in either talent or youth, which is kind of what you need right now. Because obviously, this coming on the heels of a, the end of the season, a lot of players are tired. They have everything that you need to be successful. They just are not getting results. Um, and then France, I mean hashtag bandwagon. I mean, it was just yeah, the most band, banned team, band most from banned country from any bet slip ever. Uh, absolute shambles from them. Also showing up with two points, but in some ways I think their results were a little bit worse. Uh, none worse than this one loss, one no loss to Croatia, the washed up Croatian team that uh, we've been betting against. Croatia that gave up about 10 goals in three games before. So yes. yeah, absolutely, absolutely brutal. Um, but the good news is there are some teams that are stepping up. I think none more surprising than Hungary, who are at the top of the table. 
Um, they beat England twice, uh, drew Germany, and then somehow lost to this pathetic Italy team. So still at the top of the group, whole position so far. I know there's still plenty of matches to go, but uh, I think what's probably most surprising for me is they're scoring a lot of goals, which is yeah. clearly the, the recipe for success in this tournament. It was in the absolute perfect mentality that they seemed to come in with, right? They, they saw a little bit of vulnerability from these other teams and they took advantage. It's awesome coaching. Marco Rossi's done a, a great job there. Um, and, and they have some talented players, right? We saw them. They made some, they made a little bit of noise. I feel like at the euros, I don't remember how they finished, but I remember all of their games being competitive last year. And um, you know, they, they really had nothing to lose, right? Everybody on earth probably picked them to finish last in this group. And they didn't let it phase them. They said, Hey, let's go out there. Why not us? And it's shown. And um, I think the the suspect defenses of Italy, England and Germany have led themselves well to hungry <laughs> and they've made it count. Yeah. I mean, they've got, they basically what they have, you know, the two, two of the top five goal scorers in the nation's league, uh, Nagy and, and uh, Salai, I believe is how you say his last name. Um, so they got the yep. guys that can, you know, put the ball in the back of the net, which is, Sounds easy, but can be uh, definitely not. Can be difficult, especially for certain teams, England. Um, so they, they've got those guys that can that can convert the chances for you, uh, and it's just a matter of surrounding them with you know guys that can create and having a decent form of defense. Right, it doesn't have to be stout. Uh, everybody was giving up goals this tournament, but they did <laughs> enough to to get the, the results that they needed. And now they're looking at the top. Uh, whether they can hold that and after the next set of matches remains to be seen. Um, obviously they had two matches against England who are the worst team in this group. So that helps a little bit, but definitely, you know, it's not like Italy again was causing any reason for concern. And I think very beatable for Hungary. Um, and then, yeah, there's Germany who's always gonna be the top, but you know, all you gotta do is draw them and you can kind of maintain that position. Definitely. Let's, uh, let's move on to another team that, that, let's be honest. Yeah. I, I almost want to put them on the bandwagon. Yeah, they're close. Because well, I never seem to win they're games close. involving them, and that is Portugal. Yeah. Definitely fucked both of us. Um, that last game against Switzerland, they came in plus 115. They were dominating the group to that point. Switzerland, I don't think, had, had a point coming into nope. this game. Nope. I think they'd scored, like, one goal. I think they had one goal scored the whole – Three matches well, leading up to that. The magic fucking sauce for that one was for you and I to put a goddamn bet on Portugal. <laughs> and all prior results go out the window. Yeah, I mean, plus 115 was a rat line. Hindsight's 2020. Looking at that, there's no way they should have been plus money, money line. They were. I thought it was another ch- easy chance to double up. Took them, and then within 45 seconds, they find themselves down one nothing. And then it was just an act. Like, if you put money on this Portugal game and you actually watched it, my heart goes out to you because that was one of the most brutal games to watch. They just at no point really looked at that threatening going forward. Bruno Fernandez was offsides maybe four or five times. At least it seemed that way. I think he may have only been called off twice, but uh, didn't really look that strong going forward. I think their only real chance that troubled the keeper was Jota had a header in like the 70th minute. Um, And then maybe Pepe had like the 90th minute when it was already too late to win the money line, but had a a ball that kind of came through the box and he had a free shot on net just kind of like, drilled it at the keeper <laughs> in one of those friends i forget who they were playing it had all the makings of of that france game um from earlier in the round where france was down a goal at half yeah completely fucking dominating and i and, said and it they came back when the things of france scoring goal in like the 85th minute to make you think they can win the game yeah and then they just didn't they scored that goal and never got the fucking winner and yeah. that was kind of this portugal game it almost mirrored that from like the 30th minute on 
Yeah, Nick, I hate to say it, but I almost feel like we needed Ronaldo in that in that match for us. I think he may have been able to at least get one of those in, and that that could be enough to shift the momentum a little bit. But definitely, definitely. Uh, but um, I mean, no, no way. Even Portugal's second best team should be getting embarrassed by Switzerland after the run of four both teams were on. So that was definitely a, a fucking that one hurt. Yeah, and for talk about bad beats, there have been no series of bad beats worse than anybody that took Wales draw no bet or Wales plus half a goal because in both matches that Wales played Netherlands, this, this, this round of nation's league matches, they have suffered 93rd and 94th minute winners in both games. So in the first matchup, I believe it was Weghorst had a 94th minute winner after a 92nd minute equalizer by Wales. And then in the very last game, Memphis Depay, after a 92nd minute penalty by Bale, drew at level, scores in the 93rd minute. Like basically right off the kickoff, goes right down the pitch and just puts it into the net. If you had Wales in either of those matches, or even worse, if you had Wales in both of those matches, you you win for worst beat of the tournament because those are two absolutely brutal ways. You think you get the result you need in that like stoppage time. There's only like 90 seconds left. Like who scores in the 90 within 90 seconds, much less who does it twice. Twice, it yep. happens to be Netherlands. So, and, and the only thing I'll say about that first game, I had Weghorst over um, shots on goal, and that that goal at the end got me to win that. There you bet. go. So Love I, it. I was a little happy about that, uh, but definitely my heart goes out to Wales. And this was—I don't have any other way to say it, guys. This was a fucking tough tournament to handicap. Um, I, you know, usually the international game is decently straightforward. I feel like we do a little bit better. Um, then we don't. And, uh, it was, it was a rough one for me. I, I actually wound up finishing 17 and 18 on the oh, tournament. You um, started hot too. started out like fucking seven and two Fortune. or something. So went on an absolute terrible run 17 and 18 for the tournament. Fortunately, I did have a couple of plus money winners in there. So those erased a lot of, um, the bad beats. So I, I wound up only down, um, a unit and a half. So, you know, all things considered roughly 500, not terrible. But it sucked. Um, there was a lot of parity on the on the lower leagues as well. Uh, you know, teams like Luxembourg and, and Georgia, uh, the country Georgia, not the Georgia, state, the country. Uh, Luxembourg and Malta and Moldova, teams like this who haven't won games in my fucking lifetime are pulling out wins. Yeah. Um, a lot of goals, teams like Iceland, Israel, uh, Belgium scored a ton. The Netherlands scored a ton. So it was definitely a good tournament for goals i think hindsight i'd go back and bet more team totals i would bet more overs uh as as opposed to straight money lines but the money line numbers were looking so fucking good for so many of these lines and it just destroyed me i i mean i think i went on a five game losing streak of money line bets where i just couldn't get one or, or i had like you know finland draw no bet and they give up a 99th minute goal to bosnia like you know that shit can't happen and it seemed to happen over and over um, and the other thing where a lot of people on Twitter have been complaining, rightfully so, VAR was a fucking disaster in this tournament. Yeah. There was just no consistency um, in terms of what gets looked at versus what doesn't. And then ultimately the decisions made. I, I just, I mean, we could point to a ton of them. We don't have that much time, but it was just really, really brutal. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you kind of nailed it without realizing it. I think the way to bet this was waiting for those starting lineups to come out and then take the forwards over shots on target. Because that's the only yeah, place you, where had, I really you, had you had a couple. I had nice Benzema, winners. yep. I had Benzema yeah. in there. That was an easy one. So I think that maybe moving forward as we get into the next batch, and I mean, 
when's the next batch of these like in a year? September. <laughs> Is it September? September. They're yeah, really yeah, doing September. it that close to the World Cup? Yeah, I think they're just trying to get these national teams maybe Good to Lord. get a little time together. Okay. Well, we'll remember that for September. Um, maybe just bet props, bet those shots on targets, because those are all pretty much plus money. I think I think I had Mbappe too. Uh, I think he was the only one that was uh, like minus 110 for two plus shots on even target. So, even so, even money, yeah. you know, you're taking that all day. So that, you know, keep that little nugget in the back of your head for, for when the next round of matches come around. Um, yeah, make sure you follow us. Key learnings from this one. Uh, another yeah. one that was huge um, that I saw a lot and, you know, we, we follow and we're friends with some really good handicappers, uh, especially when it comes to Europe. Both teams to score that that seemed to hit oh, yeah. an awful fucking lot, and and the odds were tough, right? There were a lot oh, of them yeah. that were minus one eighty, minus one ninety. You're not going to take that every game, but uh, turns out that that was a, probably a better bet than France minus one seventy on the money line. So <laughs> every time, you know, <laughs> every time. definitely taking a lot of key learnings from this tournament, and uh, definitely excited for the next round. It's only a couple months away. Uh, so my my thought. Scotty, just to leave it on the Nations League, definitely a step up over friendlies. I know, you know, a lot of people thought it was meaningless, but to me, at least it gave us something to look forward to in the absence of the World Cup. Yeah, it gave us something to bet on. And I think people will appreciate it now over the next two or three weeks when there's nothing to bet on except the CONCACAF Nations League, which is All right. a disaster. We're going to, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the pitch yesterday in yeah. the USA game. I mean, playing so- on dirt. Someone someone made a tweet that said this looks like a World War One battlefield, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty spot on. <laughs> exactly how it looked. So that'll wrap up the Nations League. That's going to wrap up our episode. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Be sure to tune in the rest of the summer. We will continue with the transfer talk. We will have some other good things cooking. Follow us on Twitter. Like, subscribe, share. Thank you for your support. See you next time. <laughs>